Welcome, everybody. This is the second episode of 25 rap albums that should have classic status. Um, last time we left off, I think the last one we did was Commons B. Am I correct, guys? That's yeah, you're correct. right. Um, so I want to go straight into the next one, which to me still doesn't make sense that it's not a classic. Um, it's Young Jeezy's Let's Get It Thug Motivation 101. Um, I mean, back in early 2000s, Young Jeezy was on everything. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, this definitely doesn't make any sense why it's not a uh, quote-unquote classic. Right. Uh-oh. See the baby crying in the background. <laughs> Even she's upset that it ain't a classic. <laughs> right. So anyway, yeah, man. Um, who was some of your favorite, like, some of your favorite tracks from the record? Um, Stand Ovation is one of mine. Yep. Uh, yeah. But I mean, the singles were like Trap Star, Soul Survivor. Everybody remembers that one. Yes. Um, and then what? Which is another Manny Fresh banger. Dude, that's one of my favorite ones on the album. Oh yeah! The first time on stack my dough, and then what? Like he came. Oh, she almost knocked my drink over. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> Sorry, it's non-alcoholic this evening, ladies and gentlemen. That's how much. That's how much of a classic that it is. That you know, say, yeah, <laughs> make a motherfucker knock his drink over. <laughs> and uh, this this one has a lots of good songs. I mean, it's nineteen um, tracks on it. Um, I mean, going back and listening to it, it's so good. Yeah. It was just a raw Jeezy. Like, he hadn't actually refined himself at this point yet, but it's so good. Right, exactly. Now, uh, Last of a Dying Breed, My Hood, Bang. Get yep. Your Mind Right. Yes. Trapper yeah. Die with Bun B. Yeah, I, I was waiting on that one because I know I know how big of a fan of Bun B you are, um, Chip. I figured that oh, – I knew yeah. that one was going to come up. Um. Yeah, man. Uh, God, for me, uh, and then what was a good one? Standing ovation. Um, yes. Last of the dying breed. Um, the bang with Ti and Little Scrappy. I mean, that screams Dirty South right there. Jazzy Fizzle with the product shizzle on the uh, on the beat. Um, um, and then this is actually the first time that I remember hearing ju- the Justice League on. Um, like as in production, you know, it was the first time I've heard him. I'm sure I've heard him previous time. This is the first time I remember hearing him. Justice League on the track "Don't Get Caught." Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that one? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know, it's like Justice League, Justice League. You know, I was like, oh, okay. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, they their uh, production credits started in '05, so that would be right around this when it's time. Dropped. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah, that was probably it's probably the first uh, one actually. To be honest, well, they had one uh called Blood Raw featuring T Pain before this one, and then it was Thug Motivation. Uh, then they did a, a joint on Mary J. Blige and a joint on Joel Santana's uh, What the Game's, the game's been, been Missing, missing. Rumble, yes. Young Man Rumble. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that's what they did in 005. Uh, they did a track. Yeah, that's what I was... They did the track for the game. Uh, Feels so good featuring Yummy Yummy Bingham in yep. 06. I knew they did something with game. Yeah, uh, they also... what it was. They they also did um uh, the, the song uh, Write Your Name by Yellow Wolf. Yep. Yeah. 
That's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite. And that one's if, if we when we ever get the chance to talk about Yellow Wolf, that's one of my favorite songs by Yellow Wolf. Write your name. Oh, we'll um, get we'll get the chance. Don't worry. <laughs> right. Um. That being said, uh, Chip, you want to go ahead and jump on? Or are we are we done talking about Ye- uh, Yeezy for right now? Uh, you mean Jeezy? That's what I said, Jeezy. <laughs> no, you said Yeezy. No, I said Jeezy. You said. Did it sound like I said Yeezy? Okay, my fault. Uh, it my definitely fault. sounded like Yeezy. Yeah, I, 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 like well, I, if it did, I apologize. I meant Jeezy. We all know who Yeezy is. I mean, is. we're going to talk we'll, about Yeezy. Don't we'll talk worry. about Yeezy uh, in a little bit. Trust yeah. me, we will. I mean, we might <laughs> talk about him right after this. But, uh, right. I mean, we can go to the next one if you guys want to. Uh, yeah. But hold on, hold on. When, when you guys first heard this, like, what you think about it? Like, we didn't really get into it. <laughs> like, we uh, talked about it, but we didn't actually get into it. Man, I, 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 was, I was hooked. I mean, it... It, the way that uh, Young Jeezy flows, and I, I like the way he he uses colors a lot. You know what I mean? In in when he's describing shit, he uses colors yeah. a lot. Yes, uh, and I really like that. Yeah, it's something that like nobody was doing. And not really anybody has done since. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I like him because he was, he's that, listening to his music is like that good connection to the streets, but also still, you know, like the hustle and the, the prosperity part of it. So, I mean, he's, he's talking to the streets while he's still talking about how, you know, he's making money, but getting out of the hood and everything like that, but still giving back. Right. Right. Uh, this is—he's also one of the founding fathers of trap music. You know him, T. The original trap music. Yeah, the yes. original trap music. Yeah. Yeah, not this trash they talk called trap music now. Uh, we yeah. we know what we know that trap is as the Gucci, Ti, and Young Jeezy. That's the real trap. <laughs> yes, right. Gucci. Were you up? Were you up yeah. in the? Were you up in the the kitchen whipping it up? Right. Yes. Yeah. And, and 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 you know, and as much as this album like i think this album is a banger an absolute classic i don't think it's jeezy's best record but i think it's oh, definitely a, a classic it's definitely um, not his best but i mean you know it's like this was my introduction to jeezy and it's such a good introduction oh right yeah. yeah i mean i still personally think recession is his best r- work but that's for a different discussion later um you oh, know definitely. but um all right uh you got the next one chip yeah next up we're gonna talk about lupe fiasco's food and liquor from 06 uh so this is actually his uh debut album yep uh so he dropped it at a perfect time chi-town had solidified itself as a legitimate talent source from the arrival of kanye west solo career and the continued success of common and twista i mean (laughs) look at that i mean four right there Mm -hmm. don't forget kid cuddy writing that too uh, oh yeah but just just those four that are mentioned are, I mean, certified. It's I mean, especially back then, like Chicago was the place to like hear music yeah. from at that right. point. I mean, yeah, you still had Atlanta doing like their the trap the trap style and their club bangers. But if you want the lyrics, you got to listen to people from Chicago. Well, but but also at the same yeah, time, Houston. Then. Yeah, but also at the same time around this time, Houston was getting up there in terms of popularity, and also the Midwest was still, you know, doing its thing too. So, but yeah, continue. Uh, so so Lupe stepped on the scene, and uh, he was co-signed by Kanye and Jay Z with an album packed with smart lyrics, top notch, 
uh, mostly in-house production. Uh, he was an old Chicago soul trapped in a skateboarder's body who could pin radio-friendly hits like Kick Push and I Got You, but he could also tackle deeper issues using creative metaphors and unique uh, vernacular. He had a style all of his own, prolific and exquisite, and the ability to spit stories with a non-conventional approach, which, uh, for anybody who knows me, knows that I, I love the storytelling aspect of hip-hop music. I mean, I've touched on that probably in every... Hip-hop thing we've done. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. yes. Uh, I mean, I think just, we're all the same, though. Yeah, it's just something about the, the stories that are being told. I, I mean, and I do like a good you know, a good club banger that's not telling a story, but you know, that's just me. Right. Some people only like club bangers and, and hate the story, but so, um, check out the cool. If you need a refresher where he tells the tale of a young man who digs himself out of his own grade grave to return to his block and find his killer or the brilliant role playing on. He say, she say, no wonder the album scored him three Grammy nominations. On yeah. a debut on a young kid from Chicago. <laughs> exactly. Right. right. I got to be 100% honest. I never really listened to this album. Like as no, far as you, you need to though. Kick put, I, I've heard, I've, li I've heard kick push. I've heard, I gotcha. And I've heard daydreaming with, J with uh, Jill Scott. Daydreaming. Yeah. Uh, you the only three songs that I've heard. You need to listen to the instrumental. That's probably my favorite one on the album. Um, Sunshine is really good too. The cool, obviously, um, that's probably the best storytelling on it. Whoa, 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 whoa! Mike Shinoda was a producer on that. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit! You need to go back and listen to the album, bro. Okay, I'm okay. I got homework <laughs> to do. I got homework. Yeah, you got homework. <laughs> I got homework this week. <laughs> no, like this is like it's funny because. Uh, I always go back to this album at least once a year just to chill back and listen. Like if I'm working on something or just like need something to chill to, I always pop this album in. I guess my first one that comes to the top. Um, it's just so good. I've always been a fan of Lupe. I still listen to some of his stuff. You know, he's gone a little insane, you know, but, explain. Cause I don't know. The, uh, I don't know the story. Explain. Um, he's trying to become a Ronin samurai. Okay. Yeah. Um, he also is joining the fighting game community while training to be a samurai while writing raps. Which it sounds like a cool nerd thing to do, but like he's trying to do all at one time. And I don't see how it's doing. Like he'll he has videos of himself, quote unquote, practicing his uh sword style and everything, and it's not polished at all. <laughs> Um, and then he'll randomly like say things that are just like far out there, and I'm just like, "Oh, hey, uh, a little problematic there, sir." <laughs> okay, right. Uh, but I mean, you know, he is an avid gamer. He likes to play the Street Fighter series, uh, and you can tell that a lot in uh, some of his songs too. Oh yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a nerd, like that's for sure. Which yeah. I mean, he's not a, a shameful or anything like that, which is great. I mean, he made it cool to be a nerd for a while. That's why I always do him because a lot of his, 
a lot of his stuff has sort of a, like a video game esqueness to him. Like if you know what I mean. Like a lot of his beats, you can hear like, especially like Kick Push. Like that's definitely something you could hear on a skating game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's here's a tidbit of useless information about Lupe. He actually won an exhibition match of Street Fighter Five against a professional player named Dago. Dago. Yeah. He Daigo. He yeah. did, but he didn't. I saw it. It was. Mm, he did, it but was didn't. Like, it was it was rigged. It was it was a setup. It was a publicity thing. Oh. Oh. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I watched like it was a big thing that happened a couple years ago, and everybody was talking about it. And I watched it. And I like I watched it live too. Like that's how into it I was, and that's how I learned he was training to be a samurai and a ronin. Mm-hmm. And um, I watched that game, and I was like, oh, this is definitely uh definitely rigged at all because. <laughs> If you watch, Daigo is literally known as the Beast, yes, in Street Fighter because he is probably, if not number one, and number two greatest Street Fighter player ever of all time in every Street Fighter game. Like he's been playing it since Super Two. Oh uh, wow, wow, yeah, like he's OG. Like he's one of the old, like he is one of the oldest players in it. Like I think Alex Valle is maybe older than him, and he runs tournaments now on the West Coast. Um, but I think they both start around the same time. Uh, but no, Daigo is like literally the beast because he and he still to this day is ranked in the top um, echelon of Street Fighter. No matter, even though he's like in his forties and his skills aren't like his reactions up there, but his skill is still there, and it's amazing to see him play. It's crazy. Okay, my my knowledge of fighting game, like in general, is very vast. <laughs> I can tell you random tidbits on that stuff. Right, right. Um, but um, <laughs> Lupe Fiasco also challenged um, MK Leo um, and Zero, who are Smash Brothers players, and never actually okay. did that. I, I know he also, who uh, MK Leo is. Yeah, and he also challenged um, Sonic Fox to either Injustice or Mortal Kombat, which he does not want that smoke. No, <laughs> no, not from, not from, not from uh, Sonic Fox. <laughs> wow. If y'all don't know Sonic Fox, Sonic Fox literally plays Injustice, um, Mortal Kombat, and Dragon Ball Fighters, and Marvel vs. Capcom is usually ranked in the top five for every game. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. And this is the dude that went 13 0 against the guy that challenged him with two different characters. Well shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you you don't you don't you don't want that smoke. <laughs> no. Might be a bad uh, idea. I wish it would happen though. I wish it would happen though. It'd be great publicity for the games. Right. Yeah, it would. It would be. Okay. Um But uh so um since you haven't listened to it, you have homework to do. <laughs> I have homework to do, exactly. Um but yeah, I will definitely I'll definitely take take a listen to this album um whenever I get the opportunity. Um <clears throat> excuse me. Now the next one we're gonna be talking about is uh Hell Hath No Fury. This is by Clips back in 2006. Now, the glamorous, gloating, dark side of Clips is exemplified on Hell Hath No Fury, which is their second album, which was released after much delay. Now, their drama with Jive led to Malice and Pusha into one of the meanest lyrical displays throughout the entire album, backed by the Neptunes' otherworldly production. Hell Hath No Fury is an album uh, riddled with paranoia and grit but it it infiltrated with 
a certain focused rage. The album is hopeless, dark, and cold with heartbreaking rhymes in. Like, you don't have to love me, just be convincing. But Pusha and Malice embrace the callous nature better than anyone else could have. Yeah. <laughs> if you've And if you've listened to uh, the previous album, which was Lord Willen uh, from 2002... You know that had a lot of a lot of good songs on it as well. If you you know you had grinding when the last time, uh, Ma, I don't love her. Uh, grinding, yeah, grinding. You know, uh, let's talk about it. like like there was a lot of like uh, like like the, like I'm not you featuring Jada Kiss, Styles P, uh, Roscoe P. But <clears throat> excuse me, but Hell Hath No Fury was that shit was dark. I mean, it was about as dark as like it was not. It wasn't a complete 180 because they still kept the same, you know, vibe. But at the same time, it was, yeah, it was. It was a little bit, yeah. Um, matter of fact, uh, Pusha T said in an article with AllHipHop.com, he said we were ready to get into the thick of things with the success of the first album. The songs we had done were already hot, but at at that point. In time, we were, were we were in a different place. We were happier. Time passed, and we saw it was a big holdup. And the momentum, the people that waited for it, um, we took too long. We couldn't dare come out with the same mind frame as we did on Lord Willens. So now we're mad, angry, and pissed the fuck off. And it definitely showed on this record. Did you guys ever hear listen to this record? Uh, yes, I love the clips. Um, they're actually one of my uh, favorite duos also um, but what I find funny is that this one is a lot darker but their two singles are their lighter songs and I guess that's the reason why they were singles <laughs> right uh, Mr. Me Too and Want Want their uh, What It Do yeah yeah. with yeah. Slip Thug the boss yes something on the radio guy too <laughs> oh I right. think so sure. yeah uh, yeah, but then you heard, you know, Dirty Money and, you know, Hello New World, and, you know, and Trill, like those, like this. And then the song Nightmares um, with yeah, Pharrell Williams so, and so uh, uh, Bali. I don't even know how to pronounce this man's name. Is it Bali? Whatever. I think, by, I think so. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. And, and Pharrell did backup vocals on, you know, those songs, Dirty Money and Hello New World. Uh, well, I mean, if he's going to produce it, you know, he's going to be on it for most part. Of course, of course he is. Of course he is. Well, yeah. He he uh, actually helped write every single song right. on this album. Uh, it, it was... Uh, <clears throat> it was Pusha and... Pusha, uh, Malice. Malice, and uh, Pharrell. They wrote every song. And they and had some people. A, yeah. <laughs> right. A couple of the songs had some, uh, some co-writers, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just... I mean, the critical reception for it was, I mean, people, you know, they normalized, you know, rating out of 100, you know, whatever. And it was like an 89 out of 100 based on 25 reviews. And it, it, it received universal acclaim because of how good the album was. Um, uh, well, I think. Go ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying um, all, all music rated it five stars. Entertainment Weekly gave it an A. Uh, the uh, Pitchfork.com rated it a 9.1 out of 10. Double XL rated it five stars. 
Rolling Stones got it at four stars. Spin Magazine gave it an eight out of ten. Metacritic gave it an eighty-nine out of a hundred. Um, you know, they said that it was. A lot of people say that it was one of the one of Clip's best records. Um, I mean, I'm more partial to Lord Willing, but because right. of the darker aspect of Hell Hath No Fury, then because I think it was so different, it made people like, man, you know, just as a standalone album, it was a classic. No, you might you might want to listen to this album again because I definitely think it's a better album. Okay. Um, yeah, and I mean they only put out three, so I mean it's yeah. been I mean well it's it's been about 10, 11 years since I've listened to it. So I mean the yeah. only thing was this one different from um, their first one <clears throat> is that this one's so street heavy. It's a lot of drug dealing in this. I mean, but that's literally what they're known for. That's what I mean. If you listen to the first one, a lot of the songs about drug dealing. I mean, obviously they did a lot of more. Uh, club beats and stuff but this one's a lot darker uh, <clears throat> a lot more uh what you call it uh nefarious stuff happens in this album right nefarious yes. that's a, that's a good word it's yes. a good <laughs> it's a good ten dollar word to use on the podcast <laughs> i mean but um we like to sound smart sometimes sometimes that, that is true i mean that's what our <laughs> job is to try to sound smart so people are like yeah these guys know what they're talking about yeah right right Exactly. Um, All right. Uh, you, you, you got the next so one? So the – yeah, the next one, um, I think we talked about this before we actually recorded this, uh, but Chip and I do not know who this person is. <laughs> yeah, I uh, – th- this is like the, the one uh, album that I – like I don't even know who the guy is. Um, I'm, 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 I'm at a loss too. I have no clue who he is either. So – the next one on this list, I'll just get into it, <clears throat> is Jesus Price Superstar by Sean Price from 2007. Um, do you guys actually have you guys ever actually heard of Sean Price before? I, I, no, I have not. Like, I'm trying to remember, like, if I know anything by him, but I'm, I mean, Googling, I'm, do he's been I'm, Googling, I'm Googling him now. Um, I mean, he's been around since like the 90s. Um, yeah, well, he, according to he according was, to he was a, half of a duo, uh, real quick, he was half of a duo named Hel- uh, Helter Skelter, and he performed under the name Ruckus. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. I actually know Ruckus. Yeah, he passed away on August eighth of two thousand and fifteen. Oh, I didn't and know he was dead. Yeah, he was an American rapper and member of the hip hop collective Boot Camp Click. Yes, that's who it is. Okay. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, Boot Camp uh, Click is a super group at, based out of Brooklyn. Uh, Buckshot, uh, uh, Sniffin' Wesson, Helter Skelter, and OGC. Most of the members were from Brownville, but uh, Buckshot is from Crown Heights and Tech is from Bedford. So. All right. So, um, yeah. so from the late 90s and early aughts, they were not kind to of Sean Price. He was calling himself the brokest rapper you know. And it wasn't for comic relief. He was literally selling two ways and pills just to get by. Worse yet, his crew boot camp click had fallen into irrele- irrelevancy. And so did he. On his previous album, Monkey Bars, he found his foot in as a solo act, but it wasn't worth much. He rhymed. He rhymed. Mad as hell, plus I'm frustrated. As some came out, you motherfuckers hate it. Rock solo, rock broke. Here's $100. What a fucking joke. Oh, he definitely was upset. <laughs> <laughs> right, oh, right. Um, after not getting the props he felt he deserved for uh, Monkey Bars, oh, it's 
Dallas thing delayed? No. Nah, I can hear you. I think he was getting ready to say something. And no, 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 no. Oh, no. Okay. I was. I was <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Hey. All right. Um, after not getting the props he felt he deserved for monkey bars, Pricett ducked down's president, Drew Ha, and told him to send him back down to Raleigh, Durham to record a new album. Down south, Price hooked up with producers like Ninth Wonder and Crisis and started banging out tracks. I am, I will never understand rappers and producers like choosing their names and spellings and stuff. <laughs> it's worse than wrestling sometimes. Yes. I think one day we should do a game where we like, like one of us finds like very obscure wrestling names and very obscure uh, rap names and we try to figure out which one's the rapper and which one's the wrestler. That would be the greatest game ever. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> I'm down as well. And for bonus, we add quote unquote porn names in there. <laughs> okay, you made it creepy. Let's keep going. <laughs> they have some weird names too. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chester, uh, what was it, Chip, from uh, Zach and Mary? Which was it? Oh, shit. Oh. shit I've not seen that movie in forever. I yeah. know. Oh yeah, Chester the Molester Cock and Stuff. Man, that's a great porn name. Wait, yeah. I can pick a porn name? I'm Pete Jones. <laughs> Jason Muse. I love Muse. <laughs> Muse is awesome. Uh, I would love to have him. I'd love to have just a conversation with him. Oh my God. Hey, put it out there in the universe. Um, Jason Muse, if you're listening, come holler at your boys on Movement Radio. <laughs> love to have a great evening with. We should just tweet him. Hell yeah. Yep. Hey, can you we be on our podcast? We're nerds. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. So uh the next part. Um the end result took everyone to surprise. Suddenly Sean Price was back from the dead and he had something to prove. Even my friend was like, damn son, you who you mad at? And Sean said, I was like every fucking body, son. Everybody fuck it. <laughs> the album's content really isn't about much. Most of the songs deal with Sean Price, how Sean Price is basically going to beat up beat you up and take your money or how rappers these days are too soft okay um even though he was threatening he never came across as unapproachable if anything he was the guy in the corner who was cool to talk to but you'd never ever pick a fight with him um price perspective stuck a chord with rap heads and found the right balance between honesty and humor coupled with the support of blogs like nah right price found a second life as an underground favorite or as we say on stop or as he says, on stop, sorry, is evident by the way that I act, way that I move, Sean Price ain't gimmick or act, nothing to prove. Bonk? Really, bonk? (laughs) (laughs) A little onsonopia for the audio listeners. (laughs) What what is he, a Scooby-Doo villain getting a coconut? Like... This motherfucker said a Scooby-Doo villain. (laughs) Getting hit by a coconut. <laughs> oh, did I, did I break him? Did I break him? I you damn meddling kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord. Uh, oh, man. anyway. Um, so, so we're in agreement that uh, we, we've never heard of this dude or heard this album. So let's move on to the next one. Yeah. Uh, Rest in peace. Can I get the next Roger? one still? Since, since we yeah. didn't get. Yes. Yeah. I mean, um, obviously. Roger, I mean, I'm going to yeah. go ahead. And... 
So the next one is. I'm going to go ahead and let you have it because I know you want it. <laughs> yep. Oh, yes. Next one is probably my fifth favorite album of all time. That's right. Of current time, I guess. It's, we don't do all time. Yeah. Um, 2007's. Bird. Yes, bird. my fifth bird. 2007's <laughs> banger of an album. Uh, Kanye West's Graduation. That's right. Graduation. Um, graduation was the first signal that Kanye West was more than a comic rapper with a gift for digging in the crates. It was the, was the beginning of his first major steps toward true um, auteur status. The moment of, uh, gosh, I can't speak today, uh, maturation that indicated there was a lot more for him than met the eye. Um, he became increasingly ambitious, embracing more ambitious sonics like flashing lights, mastering pop songcraft champion, and pushing the limits of his audience. Can't tell me nothing. All amazing songs. Um, Kanye may have been may have been concerned that he was moving too quickly at bridging audiences, leaving behind his core and the interest of crossing over. But now, in the wake of his cross genre experimentations of 808 and heartbreaks and the extravagant glossiness of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy the idea seems quaint graduation's longevity proves the risk were worth it so to me everything literally up to my twisted dark fantasy um of kanye west should be considered classics because yes. it really shows his maturity at growing up his craftsmanships and like literally the way he does make every song seem like his own universe in a way um graduation is amazing at that like there's just too many songs on that one that to name as being like my favorite one is just so hard now wait this is this is really go ahead no i was just gonna say that we're gonna did, did we skip over late registration did it not pop up on here either would you consider late registration the classic as well it is on it was earlier it was the first episode no, I know college dropout was. I didn't. I don't remember us talking about late registration. Did we not? No, uh, maybe it was college, college dropout was. It was college it. dropout. Uh, late, late registration definitely is. It's actually my favorite Kanye album. It's probably my second favorite album of all time. Okay. Um, I mean, that's a, like I I listen to. I actually have all of Kanye's discography, even his other stuff that I don't listen to. Um. Like I just have all his stuff, like, and his original, like everything, like I said, up to Twisted, Twisted Dark Fantasy, Cruel Summer, everything like that. It's just so. My Twisted Dark Fantasy is probably his best work ever, like flat out, just ever. Okay. Um, all his lyrics in it are amazing. Um, the music, like everything, the beats and everything, just um, amazing. He has Runaways on that album, and he actually like made a um, a ballet to that song. He actually stretched it out for 30 minutes and made a full performance for it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I love it. Like, he has, yeah. Like, the video's actually on YouTube. It's, it's amazing. Like, he plays the piano himself, um, and the ballerines come. Like, it's beautiful. Like, it's amazing. Like, that was at the time when his mother died, too. So, you know, he was in a really dark place. So, he was putting everything into it. Yeah. But back to graduation. I, I mean, banger after banger on this album, um, from the very first one to the very last one. Um, he's got Jeezy on it. He's got Mos Dev. He's got Little Wayne, T Pain. He's got John Mayer. <laughs> I mean, he's got everybody on this album, pretty much. Yeah, I remember the one, the first time, like I mean, because it's got the song "Stronger," which is yep. a <clears throat> which is he sampled uh, Daft Punk's uh, uh, song "Stronger," "Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger," 
Um, yep. And um, I mean, I, I, you, you look at a lot of the samples that he uses and like for the song Good Life, he used uh, PYT by Michael Jackson. Um, for um, Everything I Am, he used uh, If We Can't Be Lovers by Prince Philip Mitchell and Bring the Noise featuring Public Enemy. Like how do you Public Enemy, Prince Philip Mitchell, and then you mashed it together so perfectly to create this song. Like, I mean, Good Morning contains Someone Saved My Life Tonight by Ellen John. So, I mean, right, you know, and then, you know, Damn Champion contained elements of, you know, you know, Kid Charlemagne, you know. Steely Dan. Steely Dan, <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Um, one, like, the, like, one of my, like, the song uh, Can't Tell Me Nothing uh, was one that I thought was very interesting. Like, the, I remember the first verse of that song was, I had a dream I can buy my way to heaven. When I woke up, I spent it on a necklace. I told God I'd be back. I told I told God I'd be back in a second. I guess he didn't get the message. Um, the man, it's so hard not to act reckless. Act reckless, yeah. Um, also, flashing lights was another good one that was just, you know, every and then I'm not a big fan of the band Coldplay, but the song Homecoming. I love Homecoming. Beautiful, like that. That makes beautiful. me cry sometimes. Say what now? That song makes me cry sometimes. Oh, Homecoming? Yes, it's so good. Yeah, and, and, I mean, and like I said, I'm not a big fan of the band Coldplay because they're very, you know, like, and they were all yellow or whatever the hell he sings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> what was that? I, I have no idea what the fuck he just said, but it was funny. <laughs> he broke himself. <laughs> I don't even know what was there. Like, I said, he was trying to mimic the dude from Coldplay, but <laughs> he, he he did like a Keith Richards impression. I, guess. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing there. Oh. Oh. I was trying, I was trying to say, you know, and they because he got that that's, they got that stupid ass song Yellow, where the dude's like walking in the beach when it's raining or some shit. And he's screaming, and they were all yellow, or however the hell he sings it. You know, I have no idea what you're talking about because I don't listen to Coldplay. That's yeah. what that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, they had <laughs> that. <laughs> song, um, you know, we have like, a whole bunch of crazy different songs. Um, like there, it's like that that song clocks. It's like all piano and shit, and that's the great. Hey, first of all, I I don't like that band, but that intro hits. If it had been any other band, that probably would have been a straight banger. Right? It, it probably would, yeah. But for Chris Martin to be on that particular <laughs> song with Kanye, yeah. I mean, it, it's beautifully sung, beautifully done, you know. I like that. Like, uh, there's just so much in that song alone. Because, uh, I mean, he's talking about, like, being um, pushed away from Chicago because he wasn't to Chicago. Like, he wasn't Chicago enough. Yep. And then he starts making it, and then Chicago tries to take him back in because, you know, they're like, oh, he is from Chicago. He is one of us and everything like that. So he's always had that conflicting um, issue where, like, where he's from, his hometown didn't love him until he got successful. Yeah, and then, right. Like, it's just one of those things, like, you know, you come from your town, you rep your town. Like, he always represented Chicago. Like, he was always being in Chicago. He talked about it all the time, wrote about it all the time. But they didn't accept him because he was too nerdy or too geeky or not. You know, he wasn't thug enough and stuff. Right. And then he starts making a little bit of money. He starts getting some famous notoriety. Oh, now you want to love me. Now you want to, you know, like, 
in a way, like he and he could have easily said, you know, fuck every single one of you, but he still reps Chicago, you know, to this day, you know. So, you know, yeah. And then, you know, a lot of yeah, man, like what you said, man, a lot of amazing songs on this record. You know, definitely one of the definitely one of the best Kanye records, if not the best Kanye record that ever existed. Which I'll let you have that debate with like, whoever, you know. I mean, I'll fight somebody to the death for, but you know, nah, we ain't getting that. <laughs> right. Um, real quick right. tidbit of information. So in uh 2019, Kanye uh dropped an album called Jesus is King. Yeah, the uh, Christian album. Yeah. Or the gospel album, sorry. Um, so he has there there's a second part to that album that um will be coming out soon they haven't set a, a release date but it's uh jesus is king part two uh-huh. <clears throat> and uh every it, it's him and dr dre on every track oof oof that's it yes oof. <laughs> yes I'm, I'm ready you and me both no, but like to me, like let me just read off the tracks to this album, um, so people know how good it is. Because you know they be thinking, oh, we may be hyping it up too much or whatever. Right. But it's number one, "Good Morning," which is actually really like it used to be my alarm for the longest time. Um, Champion, um, stronger. I wonder, which is actually very underrated on that album. Uh, good life with T Pain, which is so so good too. Uh, can't tell me nothing. Barry Bonds with Lil Wayne. Um, Drunken Hot Girls was, it's an all right one. That's probably the weakest one on here. And it's not bad at all, but it's got most of that. Um, Flashing Lights. Everything I Am is really good too. The Glory. Um, Homecoming, we just talked about. Big Brother. Um, and then there was the Can't Tell Me Nothing remix with Jeezy on it, which is so good too. Yeah. Um, there's Good Night, which I think was an international exclusive, but I mean, you can hear it obviously on youtube and spotify and stuff like that mm-hmm. but like there's not one bad song on this album and they no, all tell no, their no. own story and it's so good each one is so good yeah, um obviously that's, stronger that's what i like about it yeah obviously stronger was more of a his pop crossover which it talks about and everything like in um, a little blurb but i mean even if it is a pop crossover it's still a good song like it doesn't diminish his lyrics in it right no um, not at all uh, flashing lights is an easy driving song um I, you can pop that in and cruise around just let it go um i think it was actually in gta 4 or 5 i think it's gta 5 um as one of the cruising songs but no like it's this album like i said from top to bottom it's one of the only albums like it's in my top five overall albums so right. <laughs> so uh, I think we've uh, mushed enough about graduation. Uh, everybody knows that this is a, an amazing album from top to bottom. So we're going to move on to the next album on this list. Um, it's Lil Wayne's The Carter 3. Uh, <clears throat> so hip-hop fans are torn over The Carter 3 to some it's the culmination of Lil Wayne's near flawless run for a few years. 
and the million the million first week copies sold are proof that it's Wheezy's most essential release. To others, the Carter Three represents the moment that we, Wayne became an oversaturated shell of his former self and would rather reserve the high praise for his mixtape and the first two albums in the Carter series. Facts. Uh, yeah, I was going to say <laughs> that's 100% fact. Like, the Carter Three is probably, is, it is his best quote unquote album, but it's not Lil Wayne. <laughs> no. No. Uh, so, the Carter Three is a classic or perfect in the way that Get Rich or Die Trying is. Both are certainly great albums, but those uh, designations aren't even entirely uh, qualitative. Timing, anticipation, and atmosphere play such a huge role in how albums are received upon release and over the course of history, and that's something that shouldn't be forgotten when critiquing the Carter Three. Plus, the records are there. Perhaps there's some type of revisionist conspiracy at work here, but Three Pete, Amelie, Dr. Carter, and Playing With Fire are Wayne at his technical peak. Is the rap community so collectively angry at Lil Wayne for skateboarding that we can't acknowledge that? And no one else on the planet can make a number one song like Lollipop. And I think that song is trash. Oh, yes. We'll, we'll talk about it. Well, I'll let you finish. We'll talk about this real quick. Yeah. Uh, Lil Wayne has a lot of excellent music, and most of it isn't on the Carter Three. But for all intents and purposes, this is the album that matters. It matters to people who don't even listen to rap. It's a classic for so many reasons beyond how it sounds, even if it sounds pretty great. But it doesn't sound great. Yeah, this was this was him going from like essentially the mixtape king to the pop star. The pop star, yes. Like the only, the only one that I remember being good or, I guess great on the compared to the rest of the album, the only great song he has is a Millie, and that's because the beat, more than anything, because um, the lyrics in it aren't even that strong. Nope. Um. I mean, Lollipop is literally just a commercialized, crappy song that's so irritatingly bad. The beat's not even good for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, Carter 2, I think, was Lil Wayne's best album. Um, I mean, Hustlers Music, like, whew, I can listen to Hustlers Music and Money on Mind all the day, every day. Um, it's those two songs are like him speaking the truth like him talking about how it was on the streets and stuff that happens and you know got to do what you got to do um hustle music especially um like just listen to that song and you're like yo what happened to this little wayne where did he go right the 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 carter three is is literally in my opinion when wayne became mainstream there's no like he was mainstream on number two because I mean he had Fireman, um, what was the other one that he put out that was out there too? I see. I think I was think it go, that was, was it Go DJ? Yeah, Go DJ. Was yeah. that one on number two or is that number one? I thought it was on number uh, two. That's number one. Is it number one? Is he, it? Yes. 
Okay. Uh, number two is the ball flying, money on my mind, fireman, mo fire on the block, best rapper alive, lock and loaded. Oh no, grown man on the block two, hit him up. Carter two, hustle music, receipt shooter, wheezy baby on the block three. I'm a D boy. Uh, feel me, get over and fly out. Okay. Yeah. 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 Gosh, it was twenty two tracks. That's ridiculous. Uh, dude, he always puts out long albums but the thing is it's only 77 minutes long it's not even that long there's a lot of skits in it yeah uh but no uh fireman i think was actually his only no he released hustle music uh fireman hustle music and shooter which i don't even remember was on this album either with uh, robin shoot- thick yeah 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 but no uh fireman is really good like that was when i thought he became really commercial because, I mean, that one's just a straight commercial song. The beat, um, the lyrics are super simple, so everybody can r- rap them back. Um, but no, like, Money on My Mind and Hustle Music's, like, his epitome of how great he is, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, my, some of my favorites on the record, um, uh, A Millie, just because it was, at this point, I think, at that point, I think, I think, I think we could all can agree, we thought, you know, at least... Wayne, at this point, what year was this? This was back in two thousand and eight. Eight. Yep, Could we say that in two thousand and eight, Little Wayne at the time was considered one of the best rappers currently at that time, where he was just everywhere. I mean, he yeah. was. I mean, he yeah. was until this album. <laughs> no, I mean, because I mean, you had a. You know the song uh, "Got Money" with T Pain was literally everywhere because um, he had that one bar is like something's like I can't remember what, I can't remember the setup but it, the ending was like "Bitch, I'm the bomb!" Like tick, tick, yeah, and then it goes right back into the next one. Um, so he had 2008. Go ahead, go ahead, finish your thing. No, no, no man, and, but also uh, you know the song uh, you know "Lollipop" definitely was like his. I don't know if it's his best overall crossover pop song, you know, um, but it was definitely one that you heard in every single club, every single, you know, it, you know, everywhere. I mean, it was on the pop stations, the hip hop stations. It was definitely a crossover track, um, you know, to the point that it was remade for the uh, pop, uh, uh, pop punk goes pop uh, record. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was Frame and Hanley that did the cover of this song, Lollipop. Uh, for one of those albums. Uh, anyway, what were you gonna say? Um, in 2008, Carter Three dropped. Paper Trail by Ti dropped. Oh yeah. Thriller by Rick Ross dropped. Ill Trill by Bun B dropped. Mm. Or is it just? Is it just Trill Two? Not Ill Trill. I think it's Trill. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it's Trill uh, Two. Yeah. Um, 808 and Heartbreaks came out from Kanye West, which is such a beautiful banger all on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, then LAX came out by the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, Brass Knuckles by Nelly. Nelly was already pop at this point, but it's still a good, it's still a good album. Yeah. Um, the Recession by Young Jeezy came out. Mm-hmm. Unison in the City by Shody Lowe came out. Um, Let's see what else came out that day or that year. Sorry. Um, so basically, 2008. I mean, was the year that where everyone was pretty much at their peak. Jeezy was at his peak. Game was, you know, game was not at his peak yet. He was, he was you know, he wasn't at his peak yet, but he was getting better. 
Yeah. Uh, Fat Joe came out with Elephant in a Room, which is probably Fat Joe's second best album. Yeah. Uh, but no, like, there was... 2008 the, had, had the Kings trying to kill each other. <laughs> right. right. It, 2008 was also uh, when Eminem started working on his comeback album, Relapse. Right. Uh, Snoop Dogg also came out with Eagle tripping that ear. Yes. But no, like, 2008, yes, Lil Wayne was technically the king at that point. Like, everybody, want, like, the Carter, I mean, they sold a million units the first week. Like, yeah, obviously everybody wanted to hear it. But it's definitely not, it's not Lil Wayne's best work. Um, it's definitely not the best album that year either. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't consider the, the Carter 3 a classic. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, take. I, I I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, I, I think if you we're think just talking on, talent, you think Carter Three is better than Carter Two? No, I don't think Carter Three is better than the Carter Two. I was just saying around this time in two thousand and eight, you know, a lot of people were you know pushing for Wayne to be the guy in two thousand and eight. Um, you know, oh, but, I get that, but. No, no. I if mean, we're going like if we, if they, we, I mean, if we're going through his, no, go whole, if we're going through his whole dis, to, if we're going through Wayne's whole discography, um, you know, he had you know the block is hot, lights out, five hundred degrees. Then he had the Carters one, two, and three. Then he had Rebirth, which was, mm. you know, uh, I am not a human being. It was an album. Yeah, it was an album. Uh, I am not a human being. Was there? Um, I thought the Carter Four was okay. I don't think it was trash. Like the Carter Five, dropped the Carter Four. I don't think Wait, it was, he dropped the Five. Yeah. I don't. Yo, I, I legit did not know that. You didn't. You legit didn't know what that he dropped the Carter Five, the Carter Four or Five. Yeah, yeah the Carter Four. So I think the Carter Four is better than the Carter Three. Yeah, well, I think. I think. I think Carter Four is his best. I think out, out of all of them, Carter Four is probably the best for me. It's got. Uh, blunt blowing, polo draw showing, like, I mean, yeah. blunt blowing the mega seven man, foot seven six foot, seven foot, yes. Yeah. Uh, she will featuring Drake, President Carter. Oh. <laughs> That's my favorite song on the whole record. What is John? Uh, he, uh, he, he the first verse, yeah, with Rick Ross, yeah. He, he's like, Fofo pit bull, my motherfucking pet. I pointed at you until that motherfucker fetch. And it's like, oh, she, like I mean, he's—I mean, he was coming out of it at the gate with it, um, and he also had, and he also had it's good with Jada Kiss and Drake was another good one. Um, yeah, uh, yeah so this whole album with John Legend. Yeah, I, I think four was better than three, and if if we're looking at albums that should be considered classics, I would put four Carter four over Carter three. Four is definitely the better of all of all the Carters. Four would be probably. I can't say that. Carter Two to me still was a better one. Have yeah, you, no, no, no. Have you listened to Four though? I actually, yeah, now looking at it, I actually have looked at. It. I didn't even know it was the Carter Four. I just listened to the album, but like I've had it on play, and I've never even knew that was the Carter Four, dude. I just thought it was right. one of the other ones. It is the random name. Yeah, it, it's definitely. Um, oh, it's a really good album, but Two though. No, no, no. Two, two, no, no. two is so. If he two better than three, so. definitely. But I still two think when four. It, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, two better than four. I yes, I, I would have that's to a, hold on. That's I, a debate for another time. <laughs> yeah, because I, I would literally have to go back and re-listen to both of the records just to give you a honest critique. 
Um, that being I said, mean, all you have to do is listen to hustle music and money on my mind. <laughs> all right, so the next album that we're going to discuss is Rick Ross Teflon Don. Oh, uh, and deeper than rap, maybe may have saved Rick Ross's career by proving that he was a quality rapper who could have make a real life body of work but it was 2010's teflon don that saw him finally elevate to actual you know status uh his technical prowess and confidence uh weaved through and reached their peaks uh on hits like uh bmf which is blowing money fast and live fast die young he bared his soul on cuts like Tears of Joy, and he also found himself escalating on R&B-flavored cuts like Aston Martin Music. The growth that began on his previous efforts came full circle on this particular record. His flow went from a sluggish stream to more of an epic growl. His boosts went from flashy to, luxury, to luxurious, and his ear for beats went from riding trends to settling them. This is when Rick Ross became everything for which he's now known for. So, have you guys heard this album? So, yes. Yes. Um, this album also debuted the same week as Recovery did. Yes. So that's probably so why... It, at number probably, two... Yeah. So it probably went probably yeah. unnoticed in 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 a weird way because of the uh, because of um, I mean it did be that number two on the Billboard 200 so I mean it wasn't like it was overlooked hard it may, people may need to go back and listen to it again oh and, I think so uh, but like no I I think I I listened to this album maybe two or three months ago um, which is it's actually a really good one um it's short it's eleven. 11 tracks it's less than 15 minutes so i mean literally take a trip to another town you, you're good <laughs> right uh, drive um, from my house to your house and listen to the whole album oh yeah right? sure but no um he he i think it's better when he does do shorter albums compressed like this and actually gets into them right um every song on this one on this album alone um definitely tells you a good little story um some of them are street some of them are introspective some are just you know club bangers i mean sometimes that's what you need yeah yeah um uh i really enjoy uh maybach music three featuring ti jada and uh erica badu yeah uh live fast die young with yeezy (laughs) why do we always do stuff like this i don't know uh That wasn't even planned, like no plan at all, and we None both did that the exact same time. Uh, and I even, I'm not a huge fan of uh, of Gucci Mane, but I, I do like uh, MC, MC Hammer. Hammer. Yeah, um, that's a Lex Luger one. And Lex Luger, I think Lex Luger started popping off at this point. Not the wrestler, Lex Luger with the torture rat. Nah. Hold on now, <laughs> Lex Luger hey. with the Lex Express, the wheelchair. <laughs> hey, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> Oh, man, you know, he li- he lived his gimmick. He lived his gimmick. Oh Lord Jesus! Nah, Lex Luger, uh, Lex Luger, <laughs> Lex Luther in this. Lex Luther, Lex Luger. He co-founded the American hip hop production company Eight Hundred Eight Mafia and South with the, with the South Side. Um, 
uh, yeah, I mean, they basically they founded this hip hop group back when they were in high school. Um, dude ain't really much older than you are. He, he only, he's only thirty years old. So I, mean, I know he's really good. Yeah, I've got his uh, I've got his loop pack on my Fruity Loops. There you go. Um, Fruity Loops, but uh, but um, my thing is, why is there not a rapper called uh, Flex Rugers? I don't I mean, know. It's too e- it'd be too easy. Like it's too easy. Yeah. Like they got a producer named Lex Luger. We had a we had a mannequin named Lex Luger in the ring. Like Flex Luger would just be too easy. Come on, man. Play on wars. Y'all the rappers. Come on. I'm giving this to you free. 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 If somebody look, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this right now. If anybody uses Flex Rugers on a fucking URL event coming up. By God, you know where you heard it from. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm putting it out there right now. (laughs) I'm suing. Uh, We said it first. It's officially ours. We got documentation. Yep. Damn right. Timestamp it. Uh, April 19th. Timestamp. There we go. Well, by the time this thing drops, it'll be more like, you know, never mind. Anyway, but no, um, this is this is really one of Rick Ross's best albums overall. Yeah, oh yeah, and I'm not even that huge of a Rick Ross fan, but I, I appreciate this album a lot actually. Yeah, you know, you, you got songs like "Tears of Joy" by CeeLo Green uh, with CeeLo Green. I'm sorry, um, and then he had a track with Jay Z on here. I think the second track, uh, "Freemason." Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot you're not uh, a big fan of Jay Z, huh? No, <laughs> no, but it, when he when he's um a guest on other people's stuff, he's not so bad. Uh, and I think it's mostly because like when he jumps on a track from somebody else, they probably already wrote the, uh, the lyrics for wrote him. The verse for him. So all he's got to do is, you know, read them. Uh, ho! <laughs> anyway, yeah, probably. I don't know how he laughs. But anyway, all right. Um, that being said, Rod, you got the next one? Oh, I do. The next one is by my boy Flaccavelli from Waka Flocka Flames 2010. Brick Squad up in the building, y'all. Uh, no, Flaccavelli was very furious, explosive record. Uh, it was definitive of both an era and an artist. Walks Energy, accompanied by an army of collaborative, uh, combative, I mean, Brick Squad compa- compadres, and Fair Rain by Flex Rugers. Um, <laughs> I want to make that a thing. Uh, by Lex Luger's uh, incomparable sonic aggression reoriented the sound of hip hop, and Flockabelly was a signature moment. I mean, this album was just so good. Um, it was well, initially it was also a his debut album. Yeah, but it was supposed to be a mixtape. So, like, even like that was such a strong mixtape. But um, initially conceived as a mixtape, it became a statement of purpose. Uh, re Invindigration. I can't pronounce the word today. Wow. Am I having a stroke? No, you is that what this not. is? No. Uh, reinvigoration of gangster rap long since written off by hip hop police. Implacable proof that sometimes the most striking portraits are painted with primary colors. I mean, Flaka Flaka is just a straight banger. Like he's all energy. That's all he is. And it's so refreshing. Yeah. Nobody was putting out energy like this at the time. I mean, was it Flacavelli, which is a play off of Machiavelli, you know, which yeah. is 
which is perfect. It's paying homage to one of the, to one of the greats, you know, which is, which I'm sure was his intention, you know, um, um I think you was talking about the actual Machiavelli, but either yeah, way, too far, but maybe, <laughs> we don't, we, we don't know this. I mean, we don't, I mean, he's, I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm uh, just saying we don't know this, you know, um, well, I'm, I'm just saying, I don't think it was a Tupac thing because, uh, actually, no, uh, the title of the album is, uh, Walk Flame Name and that of the Italian political theorist Machiavelli and was inspired by fellow American rapper Tupac. Yeah. Yeah. Whose final stage name and suedo name before he died was Machiavelli. Yeah. Yeah. So it's both. Yeah. I wonder where he, I wonder how he learned about the actual Machiavelli though. It's not like they teach that school. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) he really don't. Those of you don't know, Machiavelli was an Italian Renaissance diplomat, philosopher, and writer best known for The Prince, written in 1530. 1513, I apologize. Um, he is uh, simply he was he is called the father of modern political philosophy and political science. Which actually, I think that's what Flock of Flames actually got his degree in. Yeah, there you go. So that's maybe he, he's smarter than we are. He's got a real. Degree. Oh, he, he, you damn uh, right, he's smarter than we are. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I do like I do like <laughs> this album, but I think my favorite song on this album is "Fuck the Club Up" featuring Pastor Troy. <laughs> I, will, I will listen to anything with Pastor Troy. That motherfucker is crazy. Pastor Troy wants to just fight all day. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. He wants to do. And and uh Live by the Gun featuring Raw Diggs and Uncle Murder. That's yes. a good one too. I'll go hard motherfucking paint. That's always a good one. Um what was that? What was that part? I go hard in the motherfucking paint. <laughs> go. Uh, what, goes, what goes after that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long since I heard that shit. Uh, no. Uh, no hands is definitely a club banger. Everybody knows the lyrics to that one. Yes, and I said, "Look, ma, no hands." <laughs> but no, like this whole like phew, that Pastor Troy song, man. It made, this thing about it, it got my blood going. Phew, right, right. But it also, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it, and it was considered a crunk album. Like it is a crunk album. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it was primarily produced by um, Flex Ruger. Flex Ruger. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yes. We're gonna get that. Hey, we're gonna get that on a t-shirt. Boomerradio.us. Click on the store. Uh, <laughs> we'll get that, uh, done, get that taken care of. I'm gonna get this. We're gonna make this a thing. <laughs> we'll make it a thing. <laughs> yes, yes. But the uh, the track after "Fuck the Club Up, Homies," uh, I, I like that song, but it also coincides with the uh the weird rapper names papa smurf and ice burgundy yeah i mean well, yg hootie yg hootie <laughs> well uh, fuck the club up you got slim duncan on ttg uh you got sugar baby bomb i mean joe moses g check you got bodio french montana Snake in the grass, you got Cardier Kitten, like <laughs> I, I mean Chibo Gotti. I don't know. I'm telling you, I wanna I wanna find the names of obscure rappers and obscure wrestlers and we're gonna we're gonna do that episode. We 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 have to. There, there's yes. no there, we have to now. <laughs> <laughs> but um not like this, like this this was 
at this time, it was such a rejuvenate rejuvenation in rap because we needed that energy. I mean, a lot of people were getting very wax poetic or just doing like straight, just random like club bangers with like nothing behind them. Like they were like, "Oh, I feel this song," but when Walker comes on, man, I'm ready to fight. Like I'm ready to go. It's a different, yeah. It's a very different energy, you know, because you know, like I always say, whenever whenever you're listening to music, you feel one of two emotions. You either feel empowered or you feel cathartic. When you listen to Flocka, it's like a completely different level of cathartic. This is like... I feel like I'm ready to sell dope like Yeah, is. like... <laughs> I'm ready to move the packs. I got the Glocks on me. Bow, 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 bow. Yeah. Like, even his ad-libs get me going. Like... <laughs> Yet. <laughs> This motherfucker finna go stand on the corner and slang. I'm about hey. to, you know what I'm saying? Well, I'm going to have my hand in my pocket at all times ready to go in case somebody <laughs> tries to run up. <laughs> I got I got it on me, man, ready to go. Right. And if y'all want to go one-on-one with these hands, I'm duffing. I'm mayor of Duff City today. <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> this motherfucker. And if you that's ever want to see power of water, and just... <laughs> Yo, meet me on the strip, bro. I'm ready. <laughs> All right, yes. I'm ready to roll, ready to roll these hands any moment. <laughs> All right, All right. Let, let, let's get him off the high horse, Chip. You got the next one. <laughs> I do. Next up, we're gonna talk about Kid Cuddy's Man on the Moon 2, The Legend of Mr. Rager. All right, before we start this, can we just say that every single time Kid Cuddy drops a Man on the Moon album, it's probably one of the best albums? Oh, 100%. Although, um, if I'm not mistaken, Talon hasn't heard this. I have not heard this album. No. Have you heard the third one? Okay, if I haven't heard the second one, I damn sure ain't heard the third one, Bubba. <laughs> well, it came. Well, when it came out, we all talked about it, except for you, apparently. <laughs> it came out just a few months ago. But no, you need to go yeah. back and listen to everything on this. No, I've I cannot remember. Like I can't remember any. Wait, okay. Was this the um? Was this the album that had the song "Day and Night" on it? Um, it's not. That's number one. No, okay, yeah, no, I have. Then I haven't heard this album. I know "Day and Night" uh, you know, the first one, but I haven't heard. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, real huh. quick, Kid Cudi got famous in two thousand nine. And and it all of the attention turned the former lonely stoner into a monster by the next year. Themes of depression, drug abuse, and newfound insights on women and the world would make up the bulk of his sophomore album, Man on the Moon 2, The Legend of Mr. Rager, which arrived in November of 2010. On Maniac, Cuddy raps, I love the dark, maybe we can make it darker, and succeeded... In just that, the album is more focused, cohesive, and frankly disturbing than his debut, and we wouldn't have it any other way. What resulted from Cuddy's lows was an album that that's far more developed from a sonic perception. There's still nothing in the modern music that sounds like Ghost, <clears throat> and more engaging content-wise, there are several songs that capture the pinpoint isolation of the original man on the moon's solo dolo cuddy's ambitious five-act structure 
actually works here with a second attempt at narrative-driven sequencing that comes across as more effective and convincing. Reviews of the album were all over the place, from lauded to panned, and it only makes sense. Man on the Moon 2, The Legend of Mr. Rager, is a difficult, distorted look into the twisted mind of Scott Muscutty. <clears throat> the people who relate turn this album into a cult classic. Okay, so why are we even debating it? Because uh, it's a cult classic. You know, sometimes cult classics aren't considered, quote-unquote, yeah. commercial classics. Yeah, well. Uh, and the people who don't only heightened the misunderstood aura that surrounds this album's legend. Okay, so let so, me pause. I mean, oh, I'm not, let me let me let me let me ask a question before you guys get too far into uh -huh. it. So yeah. basically, it's the album is basically it, it plays out in acts, almost like a stage or a book. All of yeah. Cuddy's well, all the Men on the Moon albums do that. Okay, it tells stories in acts, so you're hearing parts of it. But it's all continuation. Like you can literally, like if you misunderstand something, the next song will help you understand something. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, this man's a this man's a genius. Um, but no, like he did. Cuddy's one of those guys. I mean, he definitely came out at an important time in my life. So I definitely needed something like this, where like he does talk about mental health and you know stuff like that. When a lot of people, especially in 2010, weren't talking about that. Um, you gotta remember, Kid Cudi quit rap for a while to go get mental health um, help. Like he literally turned himself into um, a mental health institution and worked on himself. Hmm. He also has a TED talk which talks about his growing up and like trying to find. Like he pretty much talks about growing up and always wanted to be a rapper and trying to do that. And then he talks about you know mental health and everything like that. It's a really good. Uh, TED Talk is like 20 minutes long, maybe something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, like, um, Man on the Moon 2, like I said, it's a cult classic. If you're a fan of King Cudi, you love everything King Cudi does because, I mean, it is just like that. Like, he is, his audience is a specific audience. Um, he's not, you know, trying to be the commercial man or anything like that. He's trying to, his fans who followed him throughout everything, that's who he raps for. <laughs> And everybody relates to it, and it's so good. Like you, tell you need to go literally go back and listen to it. all three of them if you can. Um, trust me, you're, you'll you'll fall in love even more, especially now probably because it probably like resonates better with all of us. We probably just all do need to listen to it all again. Do I need to start with Man on the Moon one, or can I just listen yeah, to Man I, on the Moon? I, I would. I would. Okay. I would start yeah. with one. Okay. Yeah. But no, like a lot of the, a lot, a lot of Thursday, stuff. So I'll definitely try that. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of the stuff on number one is a lot more. I guess it's still it's still his darkness to it, but it's still a little bit more poppy because it was his first commercial album. Um, but it, I mean, that, you got Day and Night, and that's probably the most commercial one he has. Okay, right. Uh, one of my favorite songs on on this one comes from Act Three, uh, the song "Erase Me" featuring Kanye West. Yes, I mean. <sighs> I don't know that one. Ghost probably to me is still my favorite one on the album. Yeah, um, Ghost yes. is real good. Yeah, well, that's that's on the first album. No, it's on number two. No, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah it's in, in Act Five. I'm sorry. Whoa, I was like, whoa, am I on the run? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. That was that's in Act Five. 
Yeah, uh, Ghost is real good. Yeah. Um, no, like, it's hard to explain this album without, like, going you really too have deep to, into everything. Yeah. Yeah, you got to break it down from, from the first track to the last track. Um, but there, there's, there, there's a, a guest artist on here that, man, his name is from track 14, The End. And we're talking about Chip the Ripper. That's going to be my new name. Chip the Ripper. Yes, I'm going to be Chip the Ripper from now on. Oh, Lord. Um, I'm not. (laughs) Um, But a lot of things, a lot about Kid Cudi's stuff is that he does do a lot of solo songs. Like, I mean, he has one, two, three, four, five, six songs featured out of 17. So a lot of them. Is just him being him, like he's telling a story, and it's so good. Um, like I said, without going too deep into each into the album, pretty much, uh, you know, this to me is a classic. I'm a Cuddy fan to begin with, so I'm always going to consider, especially a Man in the Moon series that he has, is just amazing to me. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, I will definitely do my homework again. I got a lot of homework to do for this particular episode. Like it, it's so fucked up because on the first on part one of this series, like, man, I've heard I remember almost every single one, album that we talked about. And then we get to this side and it's like, man, this new shit. I, I haven't heard any of this new stuff almost, you know, which I've heard a lot of the, some more some stuff more than others. But the Kid Cudi, I was like, man, you guys talk about it. It's like, damn, I got to I got I got to do some more homework. Uh <laughs> So it's like there's one, two, three, four albums that I need to look into now. As soon as uh we get off here, um, yeah. But the next one we're gonna talk about, Kanye West, "My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy" from 2010. Now Kanye West crafted what's arguably and technically, if you look at the reviews, his best solo album to date. We knew it would be Facts. special. We knew it. We knew it would be special after hearing Power, such a good song, and Runaway, and his ridiculously dope uh, posse cuts, Monster, and So Appalled. So Appalled, I'm sorry, yeah. But little did we know that this album would be damn near perfect. With every good Friday leak, leak uh, rap listeners became more excited to hear the entire album and once the full fantasy was presented it was too good to be true from the <clears throat> excuse me from the witty lyricism on gorgeous and devil in a new dress to up tempo masterpieces all of the lights and lost in the world and the pornographic hell of a life Kanye gave us everything we could have wanted from an album add in guest production from Riza Nicki Minaj's intro and show-stopping guest verses and Chris Rock's comedic blame game rant, and you have yourself a five-star album that still sounds as fresh today as the day it dropped 11 years ago. Roger, take it away, brother. Tell us about this album. <laughs> I mean, I talked about it earlier, but like, okay, apparently, it's over an hour. Yeah. It's over an hour long. Um, yeah. But no, like, there's so much goodness to this. Um, I mean, Gorgeous has Kid Cudi and Raekwon on it. Yeah, um, so such you, a good so you, song. Yeah, so yeah. you know it's beautiful. Like, it's almost six minutes long, but it doesn't feel like it. It's a good six minutes, pretty much. Yeah. Um, everybody knows Power. Um, yeah. His anthem, 
banger. Um, I mean, you can't watch a football game, a basketball game, a hockey game without the song playing. Right. <laughs> uh, right. I mean, yeah. we played everywhere. And then you got um, Monster featuring Jay-Z, Rick Ross, Nicki Minaj, and uh, Bon Iver. Yeah. Um, it's really good. It's a really good one. Um, I mean, everybody's guessed um track on that one is really good so paul as swiss beats jay-z push d sci high the prince who's very underrated actually i love sci high um i've been getting back to listen to him every now and then and also is rizza um yeah. devil in a new dress is really good but to me runaway is the epitome of that album um yeah with push t yeah um the only thing i do not like about it like runaway to me would probably be the a five star song. It's a four point nine. The only reason I give it a four point nine is because the ending is just um him hitting the same note over and over again, and it's fading out. But it's like a two minute fade out, so it's a little super long fade out for no reason. Yes. Um, Blank game with John Legend obviously has the Chris Rock intro part, but it's so good. Um, <laughs> right. But but no, like it's oh, it has a bonus track song. I need to listen to that. But yeah, um, see, have you the deluxe edition bonus DVD Runaway? He made a short film with Hype Williams, and it's thirty five minutes long. Oh wow! And it's order if you find that on YouTube. It's, it is on YouTube. I'll link that to you guys here in a second. Yeah, but no, um, no, it's just to me like the like the blurb said it's almost it's almost damn near perfect. Um, like like the only thing I can say is that for Runaway that little four point nine, um. It's, it's very long. A lot of things are long, but like I said, this was around the time his mom died, so he was in a dark place to begin with. Yes. Um. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it, it's the only song... It it was nominated for the tap, top rap album, and it lost to Recovery, because that, I mean... Right. Those two songs went against each other. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so, either which one would have won, I, I wouldn't have been mad either way. Yeah, that was the Billboard Music Awards where Recovery won. Um, at the Grammys, it actually did win rap album. I mean, like we said, it, either one. All of the Lights was nominated for Song of the Year, Best Rap, and Best Rap Song Collaboration. Um, it won Best Rap Song and Best Rap Collaboration. It didn't win Song of the Year. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just... Uh, it's, it's... I think... He came out with this album, and I think he did the Jay Z album at Combo to Watch the Throne at the same time. Right. So it was kind of weird because well, my beautiful it, it, Dark Twist Fantasy was yeah. such a <clears throat> emotional force, and then Watch yeah. the Throne is just commercial. So it's kind of weird. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then well, the credits that he. I was, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chip. I, I, I was going to say. Well, speaking of Watch the Throne, but you, you got something else to say. Oh, I was. I was going like like some of the sample credits that I'm looking at. Um. Oh God! Just, I mean, Dark Fantasy contained in high places, written by um, the perform that was performed by Anderson um, in the song "Hell of a Life." They actually sampled Iron Man from Black Sabbath. Um, Blame Game actually contained elements of Avril Fourteenth, um, which is um, performed by um, the Aphex Twin. I don't know if any of you guys, either one of you guys, know who Aphex Twin is. Um, He's like a he's like a British DJ. He does like a lot of electronic stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. He got he's got he had, he had that weird ass music video. Come to Daddy. You remember that weird uh, ass shit? No, I do not. I'll, I'll send you guys a video. It, it is the weirdest fucking music video I've ever seen in my life. It, dude, it's more weirder than the Sledgehammer video. You know. Wow. But anyway, yeah. But let's continue. 
Go ahead, Chip. Or, 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 or is it? Uh, or is it? Um... I mean, no. It, like this, if you guys haven't heard this in a while, or just haven't heard it in general, go back and literally you can feel Kanye's like true self, his true emotion in this. Like, I mean, his biggest banger was "All the Lights," and it's even it's not really a banger, quote unquote. I mean, it's a commercial song, but it's still pretty heavy. Right. Uh, I mean, I just think. I don't know how this is. Like I said, it's, it, this to me is a beautiful album, top to bottom. Um, the Runaway video, I mean, I like it a lot. I'll send it to you guys to see what you guys think. Right. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, you got the next one, Raj? Uh, or do you want to take it, Chip? Don't matter. Uh, what is the next one? I mean, I can do I mean, <laughs> I can do it. It's fine. Um, okay. I'm excited that these songs can you know, we kind of stayed in. No, it's no, it's fine. Um, I mean, it, the next album is Jay Z's and Kanye's "Watch the Throne." Um, so the expectations were extremely high when Jay Z and Kanye announced they were dropping the collaborative album "Watch the Throne," and they delivered. Ho and Ye traded bars effortlessly on Otis, unloading their super swag over a perfect Otis red and chop, and gave us the banger of 2011 with the Hit Boy produce "Gorillas in Paris." <laughs> Um, and words in Paris for y'all don't weren't catching on there. Um, it's a song so infectious that they started performing it literally the times back to back during their tour gigs with no complaints. Um, but Watch the Throne was more than just a couple hit radio songs made by the two biggest uh, rap stars on the planet at the time. It was new level of greatness with production that pushed the envelope and songwriting that tackled issues ranging from father of the genocide. It was Rizza, Farrah, uh, Pharrell, No ID, Q-Tip, and Yeezy himself all playing their parts in lab. It's hard to fail. Watch the North is nothing but king shit from top to bottom. Uh, all I right. Mean, so I need to, yeah, so that we, we definitely need to get your thoughts on this because you're not a fan of Jay-Z, but you're a big fan of Kanye. So how do you feel about this one? I mean, there's, there's certain songs on it, like No Church in the Wild, which tackles a lot of uh the genocide issue and uh, uh killing of you know black men and stuff like that in general um that song is great welcome to jungle is another good one like that too other than that's a bunch of commercial stuff that i like it's the stuff that i don't like like kanye literally went from doing my beautiful twisted dark fantasy to doing this and it's complete opposite of what he just did right Right, like he went from being his true self, expressing himself, you know, laying it all down, put his soul and tears and everything into it, and then he's like, "Gotta go catch this check." Yeah, now I mean, I do like "No Church in the Wild" featuring Frank Ocean and the Dream, and yeah. and Otis, you know, featuring Otis Redding. Um, right, but you know, like I mean, he's got I a sample said, of Otis Redding because <laughs> he yeah. obviously that, but <laughs> right, yeah, but uh, you know, like Roger said. It, you're literally coming off this this damn near perfect album from Kanye, and I felt like it was Jay Z being like, "Oh man, uh, man, I need to get some clout off of this." Hey, yay, let's do this. Uh, let's do this collaborative effort, you know, so people can know who I am again. Yeah, it's I don't know. Like, like I said, there's certain songs on it that are good. I'm not going to take that away. Uh, like I said, um, I mean, ends ends in Paris is obviously a club banger. Otis is a club banger. Uh, 
but like those were the two tracks they pretty much put out and no church and wild actually like if you really listen to it like you can hear the message behind it yeah but i mean this album i don't consider a classic i wouldn't say it is either i mean aside from say you talent well i think aside from otis and uh paris i mean i don't really think the album was as good as people proclaimed it to be honestly i mean there were a couple of good songs on it you know i liked uh like what you said no church in the wild i like that one um uh made in america with frank ocean was an okay song but uh, yeah i i think it was almost like Kanye said, "Let's let's me and Jay work together," but at the same time, or was it is it Kanye saying this? Is it Jay saying this? Is it more both of them collaborating together? Because I mean, because Jay Z does have a history of putting together good collaboration albums. You know, I mean, him and Jay Z and Lincoln Park had a unbelievable collaboration album. I um, think that was more Mike Shinoda. Yeah, that was more of a Shinoda thing. Either, but either way, I mean, he still had to have his bars on there. You know, it was blended perfectly together. Um, you know, um, never. But yeah, I mean, this one really wasn't like I. It's not something that I would listen to on an everyday basis. Um, it's something you hear one time, and it's like, okay, it was it was okay. You know, it's not nothing I'm going to write home about, but it was okay. You know, aside from Otis and Paris, they were, a couple of other ones, it really didn't. I didn't vibe with it like I, you know, vibe with other, you know, albums that's on this list. So, so do you guys know the conspiracy behind uh, Paris at all? Uh oh, do not. What? Um, do you do? Do you know? So, um, when this song came out, um, if you listen to it, um, the very beginning where it goes dun 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 dun. Dun dun, there's a like a, there's a little vocal tracking in the back of it that you can't really hear but you gotta like really really listen to it um and people were saying when they were listening to it they would hear somebody saying um we killed tupac uh, and that's what's in the background of it so it's going dun 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 dun, dun and then it would go randomly like the thing would sound like like it would sound like really high pitch and something like that and people like where when they were listening to it were hearing the track that part of the track saying we go tupac over and over again okay so kind of like um at the uh the beginning of um the intro for uh <clears throat> machiavelli where uh you know people have deduced uh it's tupac saying suge shot me yeah yeah so which i mean i think a lot of people in the hip-hop community believe that <laughs> that uh, it still it, it brings me back to the uh i know I, I know we were talking like you know mainstream you know hip-hop but i remember uh it was uh you guys remember when uh Gichi Gotti battled um uh, av on traffic three mm, no Okay, so Geechee Gotti, yeah, so Geechee Gotti battled Av on track three, on traffic three, and um, he said, "You remind." Geechee says this to Av. He goes, "You remind me of Tupac, though, not because of your bars or the way the hood feel you. We seen you throw punches on Cam, but we still think Suge killed you, you know, in referencing 
shotgun Suge battle with Av, but he was also referencing Tupac being killed by Suge. And that's how a lot, you know, kind of like how when Conceited looked at Blue, uh, uh, B Magic and said, we don't think that Blue was ever in you talking about Beyonce, because that's the whole conspiracy theory yeah. about Beyonce didn't really have a child or whatever it was, but whatever. Um, so that being said, uh, you got the next album, Chip? Uh, or, yeah, okay, well, real quick, uh, yeah. since since we kind of got off on that uh, <laughs> tangent about Tupac, there's actually a new movie out that I would recommend you guys go check out. It's called City of Lies. It's uh, It features Johnny Depp and Forrest Whitaker. And they, um, it, it's all about the unsolved murders of Biggie and Pac. Oh, wow. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah like it just came out uh, this month. It's in theaters right now, but if you have Voodoo, you can buy it for like 13 bucks. I bought it uh, just because I don't want to go to the theater. I'll sit and watch it at my house. Um, but I, I definitely recommend that if you, you haven't seen it or whatnot. Right. So. Uh, so the next album up is Drake take care from 2011 this will be his sophomore album uh so uh drake avoided the sophomore slump sophomore slump by once again seamlessly incorporating his rap and rb talents into one project with his homeboy noah uh shabib also known as 40 uh manning the boards along with just blaze t-minus and boy wonder and the the trappings of fame suffocating him he uh he made pinning an album about the woe and woes of rap life seem simple. Drake found his sound, settled into the mood, uh, which was littered with weed, wine, and women, and gave us his all. Uh, now, I like Drake, but I can't take nothing he says seriously, because this dude was on Degrassi. Yeah, you take you leave Wilcho Jimmy alone. <laughs> I, I, I can't do it. Uh, but he does put out some fire music. Uh, oh, of course he does. Take Care is a look behind the curtains of the VIP where there's money to blow and all the women know your name. Mm-hmm. Mm, excuse me. Uh, but you still have to deal with the pain inside. It's a superstar story filled with emotion and lust that only Drizzy can <clears throat> tell without coming off like a complete asshole or a square. And he picked the perfect co-stars to help him share in with the world rihanna the weekend kendrick lamar birdman Nicki minaj rick ross lil wayne and andre 3k all make appearances on this comp uh, and they complement his sentiment perfectly no matter the mood switch there are too many highlights to mention on this album it's long as hell but it's the ride of a lifetime filled with the braggadocious bars sentimental memories and even drunk dials it's the pregame, the party, and the after party, and the morning after jammed gently into one rap and R&B LP. Yeah. So um, the thing about Take Care is it gave us YOLO. <laughs> um, <laughs> really, that's, to be yeah, honest, that's yeah. the only song. Um. No, there's a couple of songs on here, but that's the only song I really remember, like off the top of my head, without looking at the track list. Um, I mean, he has some good songs in there. 
but I couldn't really tell you. I thought I didn't even know that the model was a bonus track. I thought it was on the Alex Show album. I knew that song before I knew the other stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, Headlines is on there, and that's a good song. Yeah, um, he- yeah, headlines. Um, uh, Take care with Rihanna's on there, and it's pretty good. Um, I, I know Marvin's room and all satanic imagery. Say what now? Marvin's room. It's it's another conspiracy video thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, um, the, uh, the evilness. <laughs> uh, but all in all, um, like, I think his first album was better. And, uh, I, I think the next album is uh, fire. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I, if, if we're talking albums that deserve classic status, this is not on there for me. No, unfortunately not. Um, it's good, but it's not great. I mean, he did find his footing on this one, and it did skyrocket him to that mainstream because of the song. But uh, definitely, take care is not better than nothing. What's the same? Nothing is what's the same. Was definitely his, maybe his best one. Yeah. Um, well, I wonder I, if you're well, reading this. I'm going. I'm going to refrain because I haven't heard Scorpion yet. So I've heard a few songs on Scorpion, but I haven't exactly listened to the whole record. Um, it's actually really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, oh, it's hard. Like everything from from Take Care on is great. I think that's like I said, he found his footing with Take Care. But I mean, nothing was the same. That's hard to compete with. Yeah. I mean, it and, really is. And and th- and and thank me later. You know, was always, you know, a good. Thank, you know, me, thank me later is good for a debut album. Um, it's a little sloppy at some points. Uh, yeah, you he didn't know his identity because he sounds a lot like Wayne in this. He raps mm-hmm. like in the same case. Yeah, uh, but I think him separate not separating himself from um, separating himself, but trying to find who he is more than trying to be somebody else. Right. Uh, actually, so far gone is good. It, that's the debut one. Sorry. Uh, yeah, but that, but that's like, that EP, was right? that was actually a mixtape. It was an EP. It was it was pretty much the same thing as what it has some of the things from. Thank me later has some of the stuff from um, so far gone. Right. Um. But yeah, so far gone is okay. He he sounded like Wayne. Uh, take care. He finds his footing, and then everything from then on is just fire. I mean, at this point. <sighs> Drake in this generation is the the Jay Z, like he's going to drop album, it's going to sell no matter yep. what, right? Um, except I think he's just he's better, um, content wise than Jay Z. Yes, uh, definitely. Yeah, but we're, we're, I mean, we're all waiting. For, we're, we're, I think like I think Roger Chip, you guys will agree. We're still waiting on the damn uh, Andre three K solo record. When it comes out, it's going to sell a million units. The world will never be ready for that. No, I don't think it'll ever happen. It may. I mean, it it happened once already. It did happen. It was the School of 3000, the cartoon show on Cartoon Network. All this music was by him. (laughs) I mean, I mean, like, that's all that stuff is actually really, like, it's a lot of his original stuff. He wrote a lot of it. It's actually really good. Right. Okay. Excuse me. All right. You good? You broke it there. You good? You yep. good? Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. So the we're last gonna, album, you got the last one. Yeah, last one. one Kendrick Lamar, Lord. Good Kid, Mad City. Now, 
What more is there to say about this record? One of the most discussed hip-hop LPs in recent memory. It's an unusual record, self-critical, self-conscious, uh, thoughtful, nuanced. And those aren't even the reasons it's be it's become number one and one of the most impressive records of the decade. While many are enamored of the album's uh, subtle charms, the what makes it truly work is that it's it its interest in truth above trends. The fascination with genuine complex difficult problems and its unwillingness to reach for easy answers it's also a musically accomplished work something that isn't just admired but also enjoyed um did you guys ever listen to this album yes yeah yeah um <laughs> yeah i'm asking a question i mean that's about it um yeah what would you, you listen to kendrick lamar <laughs> you're you you're actually talking to two hip-hop heads so right yeah. yeah um so so give me so give me that i mean this thing had like widespread critical acclaim i mean just off the charts like all music rates at you know five stars entertainment weekly gave it an a uh you know pitchfork five you know 9.5 out of 10 rolling stones you know you know five spin eight out of ten you know um you know, Metacritic gave it a 91 out of 100. Like, I mean, this was a pretty incredible album to listen to. I mean, um, did you listen to it? Yeah, yeah I've heard. It. I listened to, um, I mean, uh, Poetic Justice with Drake. Have you listened to it top to bottom? Top to bottom, I had to go back and re-listen to it. I mean, it's been over nine years since we've listened to, listened to it. But I remember uh, Swimming Pools. Um, of course, in the version, that of course, you know, you gotta pull for the lick anyway. Uh, you're gonna get me in trouble. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, Money Trees featuring J Rock was a, was a good one. Um, you know, Mad City itself was just, you know, but we with MC, I can't pronounce that E I H eight. There you go. Eight. Uh, it's like, where the hell's MC the G? Eight. Where the hell's the G? You know, um, but but the song was about basically his upbringing in Compton, you know, um, you know, and people like okay, well, Mad City, you know, like Mad is my angels on angel dust or my anger, um, uh, what the hell's that word? <laughs> I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Hang on a second. I'm not sure. I'm reading I'm reading something. I can't remember. I can't I can't pronounce that word to save my life. But anyway, um. Adolescence. There, we go. Adolescence there you go. Oh, why the hell I couldn't read that? I think I'm having a stroke. <laughs> uh, I, I guess I've been bad at reading today. Yeah, I think man, we've all been bad at reading today. Well, hell, I've been up. I've been up for a while. So, you know, same. New job, people can't help it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was. It basically talks about the upbringing, you know. And I mean, how many stories? I mean, like, so like just gritty stories have we heard from anyone who's you know grown up in. Compton, South Central, you know, like the stories that you would hear, um, you know, like on Mad City, Lamar talks about driving down um, Rosecrant Rose Avenue in, in Compton, referencing smoking the PCP lace blunt that he smoked in The Art of Peer Pressure and talks about being fired from his job for a robbery. Lamar also talks about how he saw his uncle being shot at a local burger stand. The song features the criminal uh, 
climate change in Good Kid, Bad City story. Um, what did you guys think about this album overall? I thought it was really good. Uh, it's a great um, storytelling album, that's for it, sure. Yeah, uh, definitely, uh, it, since you hadn't listened to it in a while, Talon, go back and listen to the two tracks featuring Dre, Compton, and uh, The Recipe. Yeah. Uh, with him and Dr. Dre. They work just as well together, in my opinion, as uh, maybe not just as well as, as Dre and M, but they definitely have, you know, that good chemistry. Right. Um, you but, know, uh, I mean, isn't Kendrick his like prodigy? Oh, yeah. 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 You know, he went from M to game to to Kendrick. So, I mean, you can you can see his influences in their music for sure. Uh, but another one that I really like, it's it's on the it's a bonus track on the deluxe album. It's um, Now or Never featuring Mary J. Blige. That's a really good one, too. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like when I first heard Kendrick, gosh, so for think about it now, it was so long ago, but it doesn't seem that long. I mean, 2012. Right. Um, uh, I was out of, right out of college. Well, out of my first year of college, and I didn't feel like going back for a while. But like it was weird because it was like a guy from the West Coast, and he had that West Coast sound and style. But it was different in a way. Like it's hard to explain. Like he has his own. You could tell he's West Coaster, but he has his own way of doing it. And it like he it feels like he, he can hit every single area. Yeah, like he hits every area style sort of. Um, but no, like it just him talking about like growing up in Compton. I mean, you could tell that man knows Compton. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, he. he paints a pretty picture he makes you feel it um it's just i mean he even talks about like in i mean in swimming pools it's about you know drinking and everything and wild and partying and stuff but he right. it sounds like he's glamorizing it but when he literally listened to it he's so against it and so many people made it a drinking anthem when it's literally the opposite of that <laughs> right yep <clears throat> all right so we've discussed over the past two episodes of this top of this um uh series we've talked about a lot of albums is there is there 25. one particular album and we don't have to yet yeah, 25 is there one particular album that did not make this top 25 list that maybe you would consider a classic that people may not deem as a classic um, and we've got to go into full-fledged detail with it if we if you don't want to but just Throw it, just th throw one out there. The Carter Two. <laughs> okay. No, Chip. What um, about you? I, I've got to think real quick. Um. There's there's a lot that, not really a lot, but I mean, there's a few off of this list. Uh, that that I wouldn't consider classics. And there's a few that aren't on this list that I would consider classics. Um, like, you know, we were talking about, they, they listed quite a few of Jay-Z's albums. But I would, or I mean, I'm sorry, not Jay-Z, uh, Kanye, Kanye West albums. 
uh, I would right. also throw late registration and uh, 808s and heartbeats or yes. heartbreak on there. Yes. 808 and heartbreaks is considered a classic, though. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So, ooh, like. I, I'll tell you mine. I'll tell you mine. Um, I think the red album by the game is a classic. Like, I can listen to that LAX. album. No, no, not LAX, the red album. Yeah. I'm saying LAX. No. Yeah, I would. I would throw LAX on there. Yeah, uh, LA, yeah the LAX. Album. I mean, I'm. I mean, I, I enjoy the Red Album a little bit more than I enjoyed LAX. I think LA, LAX has my favorite game song on it, but um, I definitely, but I definitely, I, I mean, just the songs on the Red Album. Just you know, I, I, I think. I mean, you got um, Martians vs. Goblins. Uh, you had uh, let's see, Red Nation featuring Little Wayne. Um, you got a pot of gold featuring Chris Brown. Uh, this is hello featuring Lloyd Banks, like not Lloyd Banks. I'm sorry. Uh, Lloyd, like there's a whole lot of great, uh, songs on that, on that record. Um, so you thought of one yet, Raj? Um, I've got a couple. Um, I say, uh, because the internet, my childish Gambino, um, to me is one of a very underrated album, like beyond, like it's just that that's another one that tells a really great story. Um I actually watched a video about the album and at the time uh Donald Glover was actually going through learning about existential crisis and everything like that and theories and stuff. Yeah. And at the time he was actually playing three characters. he was playing himself as himself, then he was playing the uh, protagonist in the album that's what he calls the, the guy the protagonist whatever and he was also playing like another person all on like in person live tv and stuff like that to all about this existential crisis theories that play into the album right and it's like this big old like long in-depth thing about it and it's just amazing how much he got into it because of this album and like you can tell in the album like all of it like is in there and how he feels um he has this thing where he like it's a central crisis that you feel alone at all times or you feel like the world's life doesn't matter stuff like that and like in his album you can tell and it talks about it and he's like we've all felt that way and like the guy in the album goes through stages of acceptance and also feeling alone it's just really really great um um other than that um uh, um, man, I don't know. Um, Red Light District by Ludacris. Yeah, that's a good one. <clears throat> I think Ludacris is actually very underrated in, in hip hop, especially uh, nowadays. Like since he doesn't do much. <laughs> yeah, I, I think most people look at Luda as a uh, actor now, an, as an actor and and not a rapper. Not realizing yeah. that he put out bangers, bangers. Yeah, he before did. he ever got into doing Fast and the Furious, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of people see a lot of people don't like people don't consider trap music a classic, but it, it kind of is. And uh, but everybody, if when you, when you think Ti, you think of you think Urban Legend or you think uh, Paper Trail. You I know. don't. Um, yeah, but that's what that's, I'm saying. The the public normally thinks that, um, which a lot of people would say, 
I mean, I've heard a lot of people say King's his best record, you know, and a lot of people say that T.I. versus T.I.P. is his best record. Uh, you know, like, I mean, all of them I would consider classics. Um, uh, um, I'm trying to think if there's another one that I might consider a classic. Um, I don't know, it's kind of hard to think about um, because I mean, we think it may be a classic, and then other people obviously don't. And they were like, "Oh, we gotta try to fight for a reason behind it, and it'd just be like talking, falling on deaf ears, sort of kind of right. thing." All right. Well, here, okay. Well, hell, I'll throw another one out there for you. Um, uh, Angelic by uh, Tech Nine. Um, consider that a classic. I have to go back and listen to it. Yeah. Or ever ready the religion? I a lot like of the I think a lot of the Tech Nine albums, the early Tech Nine albums. I think everybody thinks like Sixes and Sevens is the, his best album because it was like his like. A lot of people say, "Oh, that's his best album" because it was his his most commercial because he had Wayne on it and he had, you know, all these other great you know, uh, artists on it. But it's like man, he had dope artists, you know, on previous records, you know, um, so. Oh, I know one other one. Uh, Reality Check by Juvenile. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's by far his best album, that's for sure. And it, like when he left Cash Money, he definitely got better. Right. Mm-hmm. So obviously, with him being promoted as well, which is a fortunate thing. Also, um, D12 World. Yes. Um, everybody talks about Double Nights, but I think D12 World is just as good. Yes. Well, well, I think that people considered Devil's Not a Classic. They don't consider D12 World a classic, and that's unfortunate because there's some there's some songs that you vibe so with more on D12 World than you do on Devil's Night. Um, you know, the song How Come, you know, is probably one of the – I think How Come is probably one of the best D12 songs ever ever, ever written. You know, you know, and that chorus sums up like a lot of what a lot of the either what fighting and like, you know, because families fight internally, you know, you know, people fight, you know, where it's like. Isn't that about the Obi Trice thing that happened? Or the Royce to Five Nine, I mean, the beef they had? I think it had, I, I think it is, I think, I think that song is about Royce. Yeah, um, I think it's a beef. Because of course, yeah, because it goes, how come we don't even talk no more? You don't even call no more. We don't barely keep in touch at all. I don't even feel the same love when we hug no more. Now I heard it through the great da- grapevine that we even beefing now. After all the years we've been down, ain't no way, no how. This bullshit can't be true. We family ain't a damn thing changed unless it's you. Like, that, it fits. You know, it, it, it mean, and if you're as close to somebody as you, you know, are, and then you have a falling out for whatever reason. It's almost like, you know, like I, I, I'm willing to, you know, to meet, I'm willing to break, bury the hatchet. If you're willing to bury the hatchet, but we got to talk like, we got to talk like men. We got to fix this shit. If we family, then we got to fix this shit, you know, you know, but yeah, definitely D12 world's up there. It should be considered a classic as well. You got another one, Chip? Oh, uh, no. Nah, we're going to end it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
That sounds like a tired no. <laughs> but no, I was I was in the middle of looking something up. So you were talking about the uh the chorus from um How Come. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh it, it it mainly speaks to uh Eminem's history with proof. Oh wow. Not oh, was it? wow. Yeah. Um, that's weird. Yeah, it, it it says uh while this can describe Eminem's relationship with all the D12 and his friends, it mainly speaks to his history of proof. The song was released at a time when D12 was struggling with personal issues and had trouble collaborating. This song is confirmation that they had grown apart. Eminem makes it clear that the feelings are mutual since those he doesn't feel love from anymore doesn't have a love doesn't have love for him either. Unfortunately, Proof was shot and killed, which probably made this song unlistenable to for the remaining D12 members, especially since they had already lost Bugs to the struggle previously. Yeah, and and Proof was actually on the third verse of that song too, so it was more yeah. it was it was like they were rapping about each other to each other on the same track. Yeah. Okay. Also, really random tidbit about this album: Kanye West produced an album, a song on his album. Which uh, one? Uh, he produced D Twelve World. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. It does not sound like anything he's ever done before. Like I didn't no. know that was him at all. I'm mm. literally looking at the producer list. That is so. And he's like, he is the solo producer on it. Um, Eminem wasn't on it at all either. Wow, that's crazy. That's weird. I want to know. I need to know about that. Like that's, huh? That is crazy. Because remember, that's the D twelve world is the one that doesn't actually have Eminem as the other members, right? No, Eminem. No, well, no, he's not. D twelve world is just literally the other five. That song has the other five guys. Okay. Okay. Not the album album, not, but the not song. The album. <laughs> I was gonna say, wait, we just fucking talked about this. But anyway. All right. The song. And, 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 so also, Kanye actually wrote lyrics for it. Oh, wow. Huh. That's a really weird tidbit. I did not know that at all. No. It's crazy. Uh, so I think this does it for our second parter. And for this list, um, I mean, we went through this one. We actually went a little bit more in depth on. Um, there was albums we didn't consider classics. Um, I mean, we debated some, <laughs> uh, right? <laughs> a little bit, just just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Chip uh, and I gave uh, Town some homework. Yep. Yes. Got a lot of homework. <laughs> Man on the Moon One, Two, and Three by Kid Cudi. Yes. Yeah. Those those would be the most important, I think, for <laughs> yeah. you to listen to. And then um, go back and listen to Carter Two. Listen to what? Carter Two after that. Okay. But but definitely the Kid Cuddy. Yeah. Uh, I'll definitely I'll definitely take that into consideration. Probably do it on Thursday, probably. I think, we should, I think Chip and I should listen to uh this Jesus Price Superstar since we can hold this at all. I don't know. I I'll give it a shot, but <laughs> I mean when you put out I mean, dude put out quite a few albums. Uh, never heard even, of him. Yeah, no. I mean, even he put out a few albums. Um, or there was a few albums released of his after he passed away, and uh, like I, I still don't hadn't heard of him until this list. So I definitely have to give it a a, a shot. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, uh, the last album he put out before he died was, uh, Imperious Rex. Or, or no, that came out after he died. The, it was Mike Tyson. He put that out, uh, in 2012. He died in 2015. And then, um, they released, uh, Imperious Rex in 2017. Uh, 86 Witness in 2019 and Price of Fame in 2019. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I got to get, I got to at least give it a, a shot. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Uh, but with that being said, please do not forget check out movementradio.us. That is your one stop shop for all things movement radio. Uh, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review. It does nothing for us monetarily, but it helps with the Apple algorithm to get our podcast out to a broader audience. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, a couple quick shout-outs. Shout-out to Sean Thompson at Thompson Personal Training. Brand-new deal that he has for you guys. If you sign up, you get the first two weeks absolutely free. And if you decide to continue, he will prorate your first month and then continue his payments for the second and third month as well. Um, also, shout out to uh, Jerry and Jennifer over at the Chronic Conversations podcast. Twitch.tv slash Unleash Demon. Check out our boy Alvin Montanez uh, playing up some Call of Duty, doing some big things over there. Um, as always, right here on the Patreon channel, if you want to support, it's just a dollar a month. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, it'll help me buy my new, you know, computer, hopefully, soon, possibly. So, that being said... Uh, <laughs> But no, for real, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode right here exclusively on the Patreon channel. And we will see you guys next time. Chip, let's hit them with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Make sure you go check out the YouTube channel, subscribe, click that bell to get notified of our latest videos right here on the Patreon channel and movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I'm Talon Williams. I'm Roger Sierra. And this is is Movement Radio. God's plan.